0: You made it. Welcome to Adam versus the Man. We've got a really fun show lined up for you today. Ned Kelly and Mary Geralt. Geralt? I hope I'm saying that right. Join us as our guests from the Libertarian Party of Kansas. We've got Steve Remus co-hosting. We've got executive producer Jim Freedom in that chair. And Joey Lee, CEO, in studio. And we have a new fur baby in the family. That's right. And and we we got some stories about that. We also have a report from Steve on the Human Rights Rally that he attended recently with children in masks being marched around like Hitler youth, as he said. Yes, we're going to hear that in just a minute. First, one quick story to announce to get out of the way from fema.gov. Yeah. um, Something is happening on August 11th. Did you hear? Uh, FEMA and FCC plan nationwide emergency alert test for August 11. Test messages will be sent to TVs and radios along with select cell phones that have opted in to receive text messages. So uh, someone put this in the Producers Club chat. This is like original source material here coming from FEMA.gov, straight from the horse's mouth. I don't think this is going to be that big a deal the national test will consist of two portions testing wea and eas capabilities both tests will begin at 2:20 p.m eastern time on wednesday august 11. i say it's not a big deal it's like i'm not saying like it's not a, there's a lot it represents a lot that is a big deal it is very problematic the test itself i think there's some rumors i've seen on TikTok. People send me a couple other things like, oh, my God, people in D.C. are being asked to turn their phones off or be away from 2 to 3 p.m. today. And there's some weird ways this is being spun into some other crazy paranoid shit. Yes, it's very problematic. I I, I like the idea of there being emergency alert systems that you can opt in and opt out of voluntarily. Like, I, I do that for weather, essentially, by my app settings, right? If there was, like, a good neighbor citizen app, you know, that, that I could get alerts for. I'd rather have that, right? Like, hey, one of your, you know, that you could say uh, neighborhood community alert system. And, and there, are, there are apps that do this, but they're not quite, as, they're not, they don't come bundled with your cell phone like the government alert system does, essentially. And they should, right? Because this is like, I think of um, Life360 is one example that does Family Circles, but it's a $10 a month subscription service. And it's worth it if you use it, and I've used it in the past, and I think we we should start using it again, Joey. But uh, it it it's not like, hey, this is everybody in this area who you know just opted into this system. And I'd like to get to that point where if one of my elderly neighbors falls down and needs help getting picked up and into a car to the hospital in a hurry or something, that I get that alert. I want to be like the volunteer good citizen yeah. of my area community alert. And there isn't Absolutely. really like, well, it, it kind of is. And it's slow in developing. It is a thing. And It is developed like Facebook groups, for example, in some communities. And even here in Ashford, and I don't use it because of, I hate Facebook so much. And I probably should. This is probably some I should use Facebook for this one thing to connect to my local community because even there, though, it's a polluted conversation. It's it's relatively straightforward. It's not political wrangling. It's like community announcements and like when food banks are running and who needs help with this or selling this or looking for a deal with that or the other, whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, But to have an emergency alert system where like I could ping everybody in my, within within a 10-mile radius if I had an emergency, if my dog got lost. So that would be like the standard of like, what constitutes, it has to be at least a lost dog, right? You can't just be like, uh, I can't get my car started. Well, you know, no, we're not going to ping everybody. If you want to be in the good citizen list and there's a lower threshold, perhaps, there's a balance that's got to be struck with this, right? If it's, if it's uh, you know, Facebook community group Basically, anybody can post anything at any time, and it kind of ruins the emergency alert value of it, right?
1: Yeah. But Speaking of emergency alerts, I got like 15 driving home through that storm yesterday.
0: About flooding warnings.
1: Yes. And I, that's like, a good thing. Every right? 30 minutes. Because you needed
0: phone, it because like,
1: your van is still
0: parked halfway down the dirt road cause, cause I, because of the mud.
1: Because I made it home um, my van did not. <laughs> now, maybe
0: you didn't need that many, and that's probably one of the obnoxious side effects of government having such a hand in the weather emergency alert
1: system but
0: i'll bet it's because i'll bet some of them were from from your apps to your weather apps on your
1: phone no these were all emergency Mm -hmm. from the carrier alerts and and the irony about emergency alerts is so on 9-11 carrier ones you can opt out i guess so but on 9-11 since we're we're rounding the corner to 9-11 i i was in college about forty-five minutes outside of D.C., and I never heard an emergency alert that entire freaking day. And that kind of like that—that's something worth emergency alerting. I'm not yeah, gonna no, no. The it, doesn't to the government. Government. it doesn't have to be the government.
0: It doesn't have to be the government. Well, no, it's other. I, I think that's just evidence of the jankiness of 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 the government alert system. That like, and and but but hey, that was two thousand one. Yes, twenty years ago. The, the, at that point, we can say the technology was relatively new. I mean, I, I think I still had a flip phone in 2000. You
1: no, know, the radios did it. Remember, the radio stations would cut and be like, emergency broadcast? Bro.
0: Never got any of that. Never
1: got any of that. Listen to the radio, the whole 45-minute trip from school to work where I was getting yeah. even closer to D.C. And yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I don't think they were trying to hide that 9-11 happened from people at that point. <laughs> so I don't read into that too much, Joey. But yeah, so they're, they're, you, you, heads up. You might be getting a text message today from your your local friendly government, Agent Smith, at 2.20 p.m. Eastern Time today. That would be 11.20 uh, Pacific. Should we go late on the show 20 minutes? We're already five minutes late. Just go 15 over just to be like, all right, there's the alert. Uh, peace. All right, anyway, with that, uh, Jim, give us the producer notes.
2: That would be the most ridiculous reason we had ever stayed late. Hopefully, if we go late, it's because we have such fascinating, engaging conversation going with the guests. (laughs) So anyways, uh, yeah, definitely. Let's get some promos out of the way. t.me forward slash Adam versus the man is a public telegram channel. You can see all the links that we have set up. If we don't get to them all, they're still there in the public telegram channel. So definitely get yourself connected to that telegram. Uh, We have a Patreon, patreon patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the man. Different levels you can support the show are $1, 5 10 even $50 a month. $10 a month will get you access to the private Producers Club, which is a private Telegram channel where we share links before the show. Uh, so that's definitely a good time. Get yourself involved in that way. We're moving on to Instagram. The handle is at the Garden of Freedom. I fully expected to see a picture of the new puppy love on here, but it'll be there by the end of the day, I'm sure. So definitely get yourself connected on Instagram at the Garden of Freedom. If you're waiting to see what the new puppy of Gardenia looks like. Next, we move over to uh, HomefrontBattleBuddies.com. The, the best veterans nonprofit organization that's looking to end the need for veterans in the first place. Uh, if you'd like to learn about how they're going to do such, visit HomefrontBattleBuddies.com. And all of your donations there are theft deductible. So that's very important and worth noting. Next, we check out crypto 6com uh, the Bitcoin Church that was raided up in Key New Hampshire has a short one minute 19 second video you can watch to learn about it if you haven't it has QR codes for different cryptocurrencies you can donate to help with their legal funds if you have the means or by for free you can just write to Mr. nobody who's still sitting in a cage with that top link at the crypto Uh For your audio listeners that's the crypto the number six.com because I, I always forget we pod we, uh, broadcast to all podcast destinations. No matter where you listen to your podcast, Adam versus the Man is on there. So do a search for it. Get yourself connected. Next, we talk about GoGreenEnergyOnline.com. If you're thinking about uh, learn, if you want to learn more about solar power, micro wind power, zero energy homes, things of that nature, if you're looking to get yourself off grid and you want to do it yourself, you can educate yourself to do that at GoGreenEnergyOnline.com. That's all I got for today. Hope you have a great show today. Enjoy the guests and uh, all that good stuff. Have a good day.
0: We'll stay on for a second, Jim, and let's get Steve up here. Is a couple more details about this uh, nationwide emergency alert text message test. Welcome to the show, Steve. Hey. Uh, this is for EAS, Emergency Alert System, Wireless Emergency Alerts. And it, the, the, according to the according to FEMA.gov, the purpose is to ensure that the systems continue to be effective for warning the public about emergencies, particularly those on the national level. And it should be a broadcast at, for about 30 minutes. And this is WEA compatible wireless phones where the subscriber has opted in to receive text messages. And it's funny, I, I think most major carriers this is like automatic, like you know, you when you sign the everything, you know, paragraphs. It's like yeah, you probably yeah. opt out, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure this is that pretty much everybody on a cell phone major provider is is automatically opted into these. Yeah. And I like I get this, the the uh, the Amber Alerts for for kidnapped children or missing children, right? And I think that's awesome. Like he's, like that's awesome application of the technology. I mean, it sucks that government is doing it, and it's so ineffective compared to what it could be inefficient but the fact that it's happening i welcome it and i welcome it being the default that you sign up for a cell phone hey if there's a kid missing in your area you're going to get a text about it cool i'm i'm 100 for that if you if you can opt out if you need to for whatever privacy or or not being interrupted reason you can't you know silence your phone you know like they never you know uh override my phone settings they still like if i my so, phone is on silent no vibrate they don't like oh mike make my phone go crazy or anything it just shows up as a notification so like in that I'm, I'm i'm excited that humanity has this technology but when i when i see wait a second now that so the message is this is a test of the national wireless emergency alert system no action is needed Okay, I, I wonder, like is this normal just maintenance of the shit or are they are they gearing up for something?
1: If, if it were normal just maintenance of the shit, we would be used to normal just maintenance of the shit. It'd be like a fire drill at school. Like it'd just be something like, oh, here we go again.
3: So that's so that's sort of the the issue you run into with mass notification systems. If you test them too much, people won't pay attention to them.
1: Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> well
3: do you you
0: guys feel like you have have you guys as every i I feel like i have gotten regular alert text messages both for weather warnings and amber alerts you know well here with the weather it's you know when it's extreme weather um or when there's flooding risk which is like it's i don't really need the alert i have a weather app but i don't mind getting it it's a little extra warning in case i'm not paying attention right um
1: you don't see the rain falling around you or anything yeah but (laughs) yeah
0: I I feel like what we got like one Amber alert kind of thing per month, maybe. And the weather is like, you know, it's for us, it's more monsoon season, like recently, but it's like once a month or less.
1: Living in Maryland, I used to, we get the Amber alerts all the time. Maryland's huge well, on the well, your population density, just population. There's density. that. And I think there are more conscientious People in Baltimore of, of, of getting, uh, getting the word out there. I, I, oh, they, alert. they'll even put it on the led signs in the highway. Like, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have that here too. Pop up everywhere.
0: But, uh, Jim,
3: Steve, similar experience. Uh, J. Lee Porter said, it's my understanding there's never been a nationwide test. This is the first everything before was local. Mm -hmm. Um, That may be true. Um, I know from my experience in the Pentagon, we had national reach on our mass notification systems. So it could just be testing the tie-in between uh, the rest of the federal government notification systems and local tie-ins, which goes against a lot of the things I support is having, you know, the federal government should be able to like notify a state, and the state should be given the responsibility to take care of its citizens. I don't think the federal government needs to be able to reach.
0: Well, hold on, hold on, Steve. I don't play devil's advocate on this one because you're saying should like a central planner, and and all we can really say is the system should be voluntary and the world will have a better allocation of resources with voluntary systems rather than coercive systems, right? So maybe there would be a global system. Maybe there is a global emergency code. Maybe, maybe uh, in the future with a mesh net, you know, you buy a device and it comes pre-packed with all these things. And one of them is an app that is your alert system app. And its default set is global, serious global life threatening weather alerts you automatically get and it's a global system so maybe maybe a simple global system is what the market would provide for with this and it's open source and it's decentralized and there's other means of maintaining it or maybe it, it doesn't need that maybe just organically people donate and somebody maintains it and, and 90% of the world is on it
3: I would argue that uh i mean i mean maybe maybe if if all that could be voluntary but once it gets in the hands of global government uh that that absolutely sure. no no I, yeah apple, well you know, yeah.
0: what's the risk <laughs> is there is there more of a risk at the state level or the, or the global level of an abuse of the system yeah probably the global level but if it's if this is one of those things where it's like well if government over the course of the next three generations, transitions to a voluntary society, and the UN is the the, the, the moderator of the global weather alert system, and it transitions to a voluntary thing. That's, I'm not going to be that upset about that. Like yeah. of all the things that, like, hey, government, you get like, it's hard for them to fuck this one up too bad. I'm I'm more worried about general emergency alerts in the age of COVID by the federal government. I think that we can agree that that's the real fear here. And if this is the first test you go, well, fuck, Um, are they, they want to make sure it's working so they can get people to spin on a dime when uh,
3: they've got a new COVID lockdown mandate or something. So, and that'd be, so that would be, you know, our, our federal government, especially recently with their, With their mandates and lockdowns or suggestions of doing such and then governors that have followed suit would be you know okay well if the the way for them to separate this would be like oh we're having a bad flu season or we're having a bad other type of dangerous thing that's going to affect just as many or more people so like if they test it and we start getting covid freaking notifications right and COVID is actually as seasonal as the data shows well then we should also get like influenza or west nile virus or zika virus or you know like <laughs>
0: don't apply that logic here it doesn't make sense we've abandoned logic now and this is so i watched uh, an interesting video that someone shared in the producers club from uh, was it after school special and it's like school with a k yeah. on youtube?
1: I wish and it was about
0: it was menticide it was We probably could but whatever. Um, everybody should, should check this out. It's in well, I think it's in the uh, adam versus the man telegram Uh t.me slash adam versus the man if not we'll put it there Uh, but in this this video about menticide it talks about how uh they create an emotional slave mentality state among a critical mass of the population. And it makes me think that a big part of our goal as libertarians might not be to spread if our goal is a voluntary society. Right. And in a sense, our goal, that's that's even a secondary goal. We can say our, our primary goal is human optimization. Our primary goal is the best life for humans, right? Our primary, and even there, there's a slightly more, I don't think you can get to a more primary goal than to live in love, right? To be loved, to manifest that highest state of humanity, to be love. So we wanna create the best life for people. So we want humans to be optimized. We want to maximize human happiness. So we look at the source of suffering. We, we therefore we are libertarians and therefore we put libertarianism first because the coercive nature of government to us seems like the greatest thing that's an immediate thing we can do something about to alleviate human suffering, to raise human vibration, to to move humanity forward towards that ascended state of, of transcendence of greater love, right? But maybe, maybe in order to do that, to serve That greater purpose, even if libertarianism is a step along the way and voluntarism is a step along the way to that, that is essential to that process. Maybe the first thing we need to do is dose the water supply. I'm sorry, I mean, make mushrooms and psilocybin available for everybody. No, but I I mean, maybe it is in a serious way, and cannabis and psilocybin and all sorts of alternative therapies being critical to this. We need to alleviate the basic human psychological condition that has been imposed on us by social conditioning, that is a kind of beating down of the human spirit, a beating down of the human will and drive to independence. And it, it's a scary time to think that people are so beaten down that a national text alert system could be okay, well, now you have this thing to be afraid of, and the ruling class can go, you know, make this. You know, this flock of birds or this school of fish, just all whoosh, the turn and spin on a dime and turn directions, and 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 run over a cliff or something. To mix a bunch of animal metaphors in there, <laughs> um, I think you got my point. So, Jim, do you see any anything else to be afraid of with the uh, test of the national alert system right now?
2: Yeah. Not really. I don't know. I guess the, uh, the, just so we cover it, the fringe theories I'll call them are that, uh, the government's using it to download some package into your phone or something. You know what I mean? And oh, you should, and you should yeah, make sure to I have heard that one too. Yeah. They were saying, make sure to have your phone off no. and the battery disconnect. Oh I'm God. like, can you even disconnect the battery these days? I can't, no, so no. I don't know what to do, you know, but I, you I have know, I have they a, have access so, 24 hours a day. So
0: when stuff like this happens, There's there's all those people, uh, uh, you know, on the internet doing that scene from, you know, so we study Philadelphia. (laughs)
1: Ah, they connect all the dots. You know, like the
0: the conspiracy theorists (laughs) with the wall full of string and documents and photos and crazy shit, right? And I think that a lot of those people are just infiltrators, because it it really, if if your government and you're gonna do something that's like. a a six on on the scale of one to ten of evil and and you want to make sure that people don't respond to that or fight back then you put out a bunch of people saying that government is going to do this stuff that's like a 20 on a scale of one to ten of evil and then people like us are going no that's not what they're doing and then we don't get to have this serious conversation about the potential abuse of the national alert tech system. I think there's a lot of that kind of just diversionary infiltration of, of uh, the the general conversation online. Yeah, and yeah. Everything I really like there, not the official narrative.
2: I feel like there's two sides. Basically, uh, the evil side would be the aspect you covered, like it, it, their ability to be able to put out new information that are not emergencies, but like scare tactics and propaganda to get a, a large group of the population to, 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 to obviously
0: imagine, s- to imagine manipulate if they a vote
2: right any kind of they stuff, do it right before an election right if or... they start doing things that aren't actual emergencies and they're actual political you know what I mean then I mean a lot of people would would recognize that as wrong I think I and what I was starting with on uh, the other side of the coin the good thing they're getting out of this is just they're they're touting their own uh, like this is what we're spending your money on a national safety net that, you know what I mean? They're trying to make it sound like they're doing it for our safety, like everything else they did, but like everything else on the planet. Uh, this is a great idea if the federal government didn't exist to fuck it up. All right. <laughs> it's a great so service we- that could be like you pointed out. It's a good service that would, would be good for humanity. If the federal government wasn't there to fuck it up.
0: So before we get into our heavy headlines, we have to start with some good news to celebrate the addition of another fur baby to our family. Dutch. We are very lucky to have adopted yesterday.
1: Use his full name. Jo- oh. Sir Squishington Dutch Roach. There you go. the Church. first night of gardenia. <laughs>
0: it's true. It's true. That is, that's, that's what his caller says, uh, <laughs> or will say, uh, but yeah, so he is, he's another one of the same litter as Thelma and Louise. A pit rot, sharpay. Uh, sharpay mix, and he's the one that got the real sharpay face, but all black.
1: Yeah, we don't have any pictures of him on the property yet, so that's we'll why some. he's not uh, on the Instagram.
0: We got to get him on Instagram at the Garden of Freedom. Uh, the reason I mentioned that is Reuters has our our first real headline here: a perfect match. Did I say that right?
1: Perfect.
0: Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, animal shelter puts lonely pets on Tinder.
1: Huh? <laughs> that. Yes. Okay. Wait. Wait. No. That's gross. No. There's gonna be some creepy. No. Oh, no. Don't don't go on. that with it. All
0: right. Listen. What listen. Is let's Tinder stop. For? The German animal shelter. Yeah, but it's also it's for people who are lonely
1: and some
0: and of them are so lonely be, no no people who want companionship and people who want to make themselves more attractive and i'll show you why that's important
1: puppies pick up checks
0: exactly a german animal shelter is trying a new approach to find homes for abandoned pets it is posting their profiles on dating app tinder in the hope that lonely humans looking for love might also settle for the company of a cat or a dog the munich animal welfare association got an advertising agency to shoot professional pictures of 15 animals, including a black and white cat called Captain Kirk that it put on Tinder. Jillian Moss from the animal shelter said several people swipe right on Tinder to set up their first date. The response is insane. It's exploding everywhere, she said. After coronavirus lockdowns led to a surge in pet ownership, animal welfare experts have warned that many animals might be abandoned. As the pandemic wanes, we hope that these animals really find a new partner a perfect match I, I can't do it in the long term and not just for a few weeks Said benjamin Belkey, who was coordinating tinder communication There aren't only lonely souls among humans, but there are also a lot of lonely souls among animals. It's like if you have time to sit I mean, I, I think of what is it the chris porter joke yeah, Tinder was like this awesome way of walking to a bar, but in like hyperspeed. Going, you yes, you no, you yes, you no, yes yes yes, no 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 no, and then uh, and then he said, but then eventually it just became something else to do while you're pooping, and it's like, well yeah, if you got the time to fuck around on Tinder, did you did
1: you ever watch shameless?
0: You you, you probably don't have a pet. No, you probably don't have a pet, and and you probably have time to get one. And, and, uh, it would be good for your efforts to get laid as well. The bark.com see joy. I looked this up just for you.
1: Was, I, wait, before be you right, ask about shameless, cause there was a whole series where Fiona got addicted to Tinder and was just tindering up the entire town. And her friend said you need a pet.
0: This is a really positive intervention. See, the
1: this people, is where like people did that. They got stuck on it for a while. See,
0: this is the. Like development of the internet effect, because eventually, it's 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 almost like a a kind of perfect AI intervention, right? You 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 don't in the future you don't go to your phone and go open an app for Tinder and you you just talk to your phone and go, "Hey phone, I'm lonely," and it goes, "Well, hey, do you want to get laid or do you want to adopt a dog?" You know, like. It's it's like, is that's what your that's what Tinder is like. Drone? We're one step away from there. You're we're like one step away from the you know, automatic therapy intervention combined with absolute logistical satisfaction of everything you could possibly want that could be delivered by drone. You'll probably be able to uh, to, to borrow a dog by drone in the future. Borrow, Borrow a, dog. a dog. We'll have like on therapy. You'll the be like, yeah, it will be like temporary, like therapy sessions. It'll be like dogs, like, like the air squad of therapy dogs. There's going to drop out. Hey, you want a dog? You're at the beach. You're at the beach. You're, you're, you're lonely being pensive. It's a, it's a cold day. There's no one else there. You want a dog to run around in the waves with you? They phone. It'll be real. This is really cool. But you know, It'd be awesome if I had a dog here to, to run around with he send me a dog Five minutes later air Squad therapy dog to the rescue not only that hey you're at an event No, one's got a dog, but there's a lot of hot bays walking around Hey, can I borrow a friend's dog to take for a walk?
1: Adam versus the man does not condone the. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what, "What the heck?" That
2: Pimping dogs yeah, well, out now. It's
0: safe and reliable. I want people to. Te- I want this technology tested on people uh, before it's tested on animals. Fair. Think about people getting drunk at home, wanting to get laid, being able to get, you know, buzzed around instead of having to drive to, you know. That would kill Uber. Right. So, thebark.com. dot Bark. Dog is my co-pilot is their tagline. Studies. (laughs) Does your dog make you more attractive? Yeah. Uh by Karen B. London, PhD. This is from September 2016. The saying, love me, love my dog implies that your dog is a problem. So the negative in the whole package of you, could anything be more ridiculous? While it's easy to assume that our dogs make us more lovable and even desirable. I mean, really, how could it be otherwise? Is there any evidence for this point of view? The answer is yes. Multiple scientific studies, extensions of research into dogs, many social effects have concluded that dogs enhance human attractiveness. Scientists have known for some time that people are more attentive to and socially engaged with those accompanied by a dog than those who are not. We also know that bystanders are more helpful toward people with dogs other studies have extended our understanding of the canine influence on human social activity by investigating more personal intimate types of behavior in the areas of courtship dating and romance pick up lines in one study having a dog with him enhanced a man's success when he asked women out in this experiment the man asked 240 women for their phone number 120 times while accompanied by a dog and 120 times without one he followed the exact same script whether the dog was with him or not. The difference the dog made in his success rate was astounding. When he gave his pitch without a dog, 11 out of 120 women, 9.2% were sufficiently charmed to give him their number. When he was with a dog, 34 out of 120, that's 28.3% complied with his request. You hear that guys? Dogs make women Compliant With a dog, his success yeah. rate was three times as high. Never mind a man. If you want to meet someone, you need a wing dog. All right, and, and everybody wants to weigh on this one, right? Am I more attractive
1: bet. now? <laughs> but, okay, I want to ask, as a man, you see an attractive woman at a festival, she's got this big fucking dog with her. Are you more mm. or less likely to approach her? Does this work the same for women as it does for men does a man Ooh. yeah does a, i would think a man's less likely to approach this woman with this big dog okay well she I'm, means business how, okay with, okay, with okay the well dog, let me ask you right? joey then
0: is a man with a dog so I, it, it seems there would be a few reasons why that's attractive right because a, a, a man is getting things done at least right it's a, it's an expression of capability of acquiring a dog of handling a dog of keeping a dog well behaved right that's an assertion of, of all those things but also fundamentally with the dog think there's two other deep psychological things one protection this is a man who can protect me right i mean does 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 this effect work if the dude's walking a chihuahua Versus a Rottweiler, right? right? Yeah, like you know, like and 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 uh, there are obviously limits to this. This is a very simplistic experiment for very complex phenomena. Even
1: chicks with little dogs. Is a guy less likely to
0: approach her because he thinks she's high maintenance? Huh? Right? Yeah. Or but then for also for a man, it's there's a nurturing. There's because a dog is a lesser intellectual being, right? Might be higher spiritually. We don't know. But, uh, yeah, actually all dogs go to heaven. So they're definitely higher spiritual beings, yeah. but intellectually, we have to admit they're more they're, they're very much like children or infants, oh, right. right? So for a man to be able to have a dog with him, is—is was is, is yeah, capable that with kids, nurturing. right? Yeah. Right. So there are all these things that go right away for a man with a dog. Yeah. For a woman, right? Attractiveness, but those dynamics don't really work the other way. Nurturing. Yes. Nurturing security, I mean, and so for me, maybe it's not like, it doesn't have the same like tits and ass response. But I think if I saw a woman with a dog, who's a good dog owner, it speaks to her capabilities. It speaks to her mother nature and capability. And I'm conscious enough that I don't I don't want a helpless woman. To me, as I'm secure enough in my masculinity. You know, I'm not like, oh, I need a woman to be submissive and incapable. And like with her feet bound, You know, like I don't need that. I that's that's unattractive to me. I'd like to opposite of that. (laughs) Yeah, I want a woman who's a little bit of a badass and security conscious. And so, if a woman's got a serious dog, you know, I'm I might be. Yeah, I think I'm gonna be more attracted to her too overall, but different for different reasons. So, so and some guys might be turned off. And if it's a small dog, I might say turned off. High maintenance. Like, no, you did it wrong. That dog's not really security value, but.
1: Yeah, so, that, yeah, so it, me, it's it's an, a deprogramming That's still happening That generations have raised men To think that women are property So that might be a Nope, she's too independent I'm not going to approach this woman If she's able to take care of that dog
0: So for women a
1: genetic deprogramming Yeah, but for
0: women it, It's a good screen then You yeah, screen out true. piece of shit dudes so Who want to be in that traditional Dominance mentality
3: mm-hmm. So for me, it would be if I see a woman with like a well trained pit bull or a will or a well trained like working dog breed, that right. woman is much hotter than the woman with a ankle biting chihuahua. Yeah, yeah, straight up, for sure. Because, because working dogs require work and effort, and and a, and for them to be well trained, you have to you have to be strong and independent, and and you have to have like a a command. Over that animal, right? That's a, that's a mutual respect thing. That's how they that's how they work. That's how they learn. Yeah. That's how they do these things. Uh, any anybody can drop kick a Chihuahua eighty yards, okay? Like that's not a thing, right? That's- <laughs> we
1: also don't- hey, I I struggle to make
0: make make it seventy yards, so I don't know. <laughs> I think you're exaggerating.
3: Maybe a little bit, but you know. And, and I've dated I've dated women that have Chihuahuas, and I've dated women that have like um, well-trained German ship, but I've also dated women that have poorly trained animals. Um, and that's, and you, you, it's a red flag, yeah. Poor, poorly trained animals, a red flag. It means you, you don't have a, a command type. Uh, you know, you may think you're independent, but you don't have that command of independence. Um, and that's, yeah. why, that's why your dog misbehaves. Yeah. Like yeah. It's
0: living in harmony with an animal. Yeah. Is attractive, even if it is a purse dog. Yeah. If it's like, like you know, if it's a purse dog, that's like, r- like a badass that's well trained, that knows commands, that's always does. quiet, that's like, you know, will run up and sit on your shoulder and talk like a parrot, and mm-hmm. you know, make you what make you look like a pirate. I don't. I don't know. Um. <laughs> a well-trained service that, service parrot.
1: I've met a well trained <laughs> service chihuahua, that was trained for pressure therapy and yeah see that's yeah, that's cool and, you and know? it was wonderful it wasn't a yappy
3: well and that's the thing chihuahua. that's the thing nowadays people, people will take any animal and be like oh this is my therapy animal and i'm like it, it may be to some degree but you know if if your therapy chihuahua uh freaks out uh when i walk by it at a starbucks or whatever um guess what like I, dude that's not a, that's not an emotional support dog that's you just wanting to take your pet everywhere which yeah. I get, which which I get. You know, um, I have I have one fully trained service dog and protection dog, uh, but there are days I wish I could take my husky with me. But she's a klutz and is embarrassing <laughs> in public. So, um, but she's a rescue. I rescued her. She she. One of my friends found her near death on the side of the street in 115 degree weather. So I he came to me and he's like, "This husky's gonna die." And so I thought I I would have three days with her. Um, she. I mean, got her into the emergency at the vet. They pumped her full of fluids. Um, spent the next freaking five weeks feeding her chicken and rice so that her digestive system could uh, reset because she was she was very she was I didn't think she was gonna make it to be honest with you. I don't know. But money solves a lot of problems,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: you know. Sure so um, yeah, you know, it's the only dog I've ever really had to buy like all kinds of probiotics and weird like you know, <laughs> natural herbal supplements for her that cost me a lot of money, but they worked and now she's fully happy and healthy and, um, you know, she, she still has to go. She has to have another surgery coming up in, in the next few months, but she should be fine. And that's like, you know, if someone tells me they rescued a dog also, right? So here's, here's another twist of this. If you tell me you rescued a dog or you found a dog and you brought it in and you, you nurtured it and you, you, you brought that dog into a better life to give it a better life. That says a lot of attractive qualities about the type of person you are and your
0: kid. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I, I think what we've figured out here is that living in harmony with nature and having harmonious relationships with animals specifically is attractive, whether it's you know, a rescue who's wounded, you know, or a puppy that you just adopted or, you know, a service dog who you've had your whole life who can walk next to you and just be well behaved at a party. Right. Um, yeah, that, but, but then I wonder, and then, so you can do it well and you can do it poorly. Right. You can have, you can have animals around that can be a turn on and it can be a turn off if you're, if you're whatever. Right. And then the red flag example, but I wonder that is, is there a significant advantage overall in attractiveness of having a pet versus not right? Like, 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 you, yeah. when, when, like, if, like how
1: you, you take there care was a, of that pet again. Like remember
0: when books were a thing, like paper, like via paper uh, and they were like before the, like before book, the internet book, like got rid of all the books, books, um, books there was a right. meme on the internet uh, that said, if you go to someone's apartment and there are no books there, don't fuck them. You know, right. and it was like, because they're intellectually devoid of
1: But now, you know,
0: what, what that represents. But now you can't judge people based on that, you know, because like, it, like the, the relevance of having a library of books around is kind of irrelevant. Matt Baxley, do chicks think pulling grass out of your dog's ass is
3: hot? i may be hot. <laughs> so, so, so along this, along this line, right? Like I, I'm, I don't, I don't like cats, right? Like that's, I'm allergic to them. Uh, my sister, my older sister, is a crazy cat lady. Like, she is legit, like, a crazy cat person. And so, like, that, every time someone's like, oh, you know, I don't own dogs because I prefer cats, I'm like, yikes. Okay. like, yeah. Not my but, type.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I love cats, but... Dogs come first. Yeah. Crazy cat people who don't like dogs like, are a red flag for me too. My mother is one if they dogs. were
0: traumatized by a
1: dog and just and, don't like dogs. And they were. My mother was deathly you could and see the fear her. in her eyes. And she gave me a fear as a child because she was scared of dogs. And I didn't get my first dog till I was in my twenties. And my mother didn't get comfortable with a dog until five years ago with Miko. Mm. First dog she's ever been comfortable with. But now all the neighborhood dogs are her homies.
0: So she uh, would to eventually. See? Well so here's here's a, here's the bigger question. Like if you go like if you go to someone's apartment and they don't have any books, don't fuck them. If you go to someone's home and there's there's like no house plants and there's no animals and there's and it's sort no of art. like a no art, right? And sort of like devoid of like like a modern art deco playing apartment and, and it looks like you, you ask them when you get there, like, did you just move in? And they go, oh no, I've been here a year. You're gonna go, that's kind of a red flag too, right? But what
1: if it's just- The opposite though, if I walked in right, the now, car, the, up, the, and, the opposite, right. and there's just nothing in there because that person is clearly trying to live a minimalistic life, not be lazy. You know, they just got a couch, a bed. Yeah, but stuff, is, is the
0: environment- Comfortable? Minimalist, is it like, it, not the, not, like, like the aesthetic, the aesthetic versus because uh, minimalist can mean minimalist in terms of physical clutter, and it can mean minimalist aesthetic, right? As in plain walls of yes. white or gray, you know. Uh, but if you if you walk into someone's apartment and there are no animals, there's no sign of connection with nature, is it, is is that kind of a, a turn off the same way as like? no books might be or no sign of, of, of intellect. Well, so is it worse? Is it worse if they have no plants or if their plants are dead? Yeah. Right. That's, (laughs) that's, well, again, yeah. It's like in a living in harmony with nature is attractive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, If you're living out of harmony, is it, it's better to have minimal harmony than maximal engagement with, with chaos. Right. Yeah.
1: I suppose. Depends on who you ask, man. Really All right,
0: is. well, let's ask the audience. This should be our comment contest. Because we, we have real headlines to get to. Get off my screen, everybody. Bye. All right, yeah, we're going to look at, in, in line with the theme for today's show. Or this week's, sorry, this week's uh, look at COVID from different perspectives. Our top story is from Bloomberg at Yahoo Finance. Only a quarter of office crowd now working from home. And I wonder about, like, is how much is this skewed? Do they have some uh, desire to, uh, to, to skew this, to make it look like people are going back to work? Are they uh, factoring out unemployment? I kind of read this article with some skepticism, so I'm not going to put too much of a lean on on the specifics of this, but the overall trend, I think, is true, and, and this is, uh, you can see the graphic here, telework shrinks, the share of teleworkers and management professional roles has fallen and the yellow bars on the graph are persons who telework because of the coronavirus pandemic and it was up close to 60 percent at its peak may last year Wow! and you look at that it's 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 curved a little bit there was a bump uh december january maybe because it was cold over the winter did we did we have a winter we didn't have the delta variant yet um and it's continuing to go down. And so there are a couple of things I want to read into this, right? And, and th- th- this, this, the article goes into all sorts of general, like, excuse me, very, very specific statistics. Um, in July, roughly 25% of managers and professional workers teleworked at some point because of the pandemic. The lowest since government started tracking the data in May 2020 It's a clear sign that the age-old work compact is mostly intact and the office model is far from defunct. And so this is one of the big takeaways that we were looking at as a silver lining is that people are realizing a lot of things can be done remotely that don't have to be done in person. And that's a, a massive increase in just efficiency of society of the market of productivity of humanity, right? Uh, a lot of people abandoning bullshit commutes but it looks like a lot of them are back to that. Now, 25% working from home is because, because of COVID is still pretty fucking huge, right? This would just suggest that the permanence of the effect is not as high as we might have hoped. However, the other flip good side to this is that people's desire to, the, to go, get back to normal is so much that that of that 60, there was was 60%. And again, I I don't wanna put too much stock in these numbers because they're they're skewed and they're selected. But by these metrics, at some point, 60% of people were like, I gotta work from home because of COVID, not because I want to. And 35%, the majority of those are now back in the office. I think that's still, uh it, it, at least more or less in you know, a very you know, very uh, true narrative of what's happening right now, so the July number is down from forty one percent in january fifty seven percent' what I'm calling almost sixty in May of last year, according to data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, which tallies the number of employed who telework to work at home for pay at any time, and so again. There's some confusion about this, like if you worked at home partially, but, you know, a few days a week. You know, offices are still a thing is the bottom line. Um, And we still have a long way to go before realizing the potential of technology for telecommuting. As much as people got that experience, there's still this desire to have that connection with working in person in the office environment. All right. So a couple other crazy things about COVID that have to be taken into account. Washington Post at MSN.com. A German nurse injected patients with saline instead of coronavirus vaccines, sparking fury. Now, I obviously I have mixed feelings about this, right? And there, there you should be angry if there's a, there's a fraud here. You're being told you're being injected with something and you're not. Um, what's interesting here, though, is it, is it raises the moral question, like, what if you were a nurse and you knew that this vaccine that you were being asked to get was bad for and they were being lied to. And if you told them the truth, you would just get in trouble. You wouldn't be able to do anything, but you can at least sneak saline in place of the vaccines and maybe save, save some lives, right? So uh, originally, she said that she did it to cover up the fact that she dropped a vial of the Pfizer vaccine. However, since antibody testing was carried out, a much wider group of people is suspected to have been affected Police have also discovered that the woman who worked with the Red Cross has shared vaccine skeptical posts on social media. <gasps> oh,
1: no. During a pandemic. Oh, my gosh.
0: Local authorities say they do not know how many of the 8,577 people who could have been affected were not given a real vaccine, but advise that all of them get revaccinated as a precaution. Those who received the shots are all older than 70. Germany media reported making them more vulnerable to COVID-19. And, and, and. this might be really bad because I don't think the nurse should be making the decision for those people. Is it? And and I don't know, maybe I'm falling for something by, by giving them, giving the COVID mythology this quarter here, but that maybe they should be people who get the vaccine because they're vulnerable and and can't isolate. Look, She
1: took away their choice. So no foul. Yeah
0: sorry another implication of this however is that there are a lot of healthcare professionals who are dealing with such an existential crisis in the middle of this that they're willing to risk their careers and do something that they know to be morally wrong at least in the sense that it's it's fraudulent right
1: there's got to be a better way
0: than it. And and it, it's like holy shit babylon crumbling you've got nurses supposedly administering widespread vaccines during a pandemic in revolt and i have to think as well in this there might be a lot of people who say they're vaccinated who aren't. We know that that's a thing. We, we know that there's over-reporting of this. And we know that there's a lot of people who are getting double, triple jabbed because they might have gotten the wrong one. Then it's just more mess. And in a way, that's good for, for those of us who want sanity, who want justice at this point. But at the same time, the, a lot of that confusion is very much deliberate the more confused you are the more likely you are to be afraid and act out of fear and be manipulated by that fear and be oh my god now you got a national text alert well i guess we'll just stay home and even even me like here like as as someone who i think you know is seen through as as much of the the hoax as 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 is relevant there are times when it's like, well, fuck, I don't want to go talk to people. I don't want to travel. I don't want to deal with this shit. And I am affected by it. I am affected. Like, it's, it's, I cannot pretend that because I can see through it, I'm invulnerable to its effects. However, because I smoke pot, I'm less likely to suffer from SARS-CoV-2 here it is from we- ncbi.nlm.nih.gov the US National Library of Medicine at the National Institutes of Health Can- cannabidiol part of cannabis inhibits SARS-CoV-2 replication and promotes the host innate immune response And we we forgot dear we forgot we forgot to say I forgot to take my COVID vitamins.
1: I am well on the
0: air there. today, uh, but again, this is—we say this joking. We have to say we're parody. It's parody. No, it's parody. We it don't. Not but it's advice. like holy shit. Now, I don't smoking cannabis. Being a regular smoker means you're more likely to have a thinner waistline than the average non-smoker. The idea of munchies making you fat and and stoners being lazy. Sorry.
1: The irony is, kid, it helps me keep weight on. Isn't that funny? That's and, and in her case,
0: it's <laughs> Crohn's, and it's the opposite. If you, if you, and, and yeah, for people who are have waste, this is despite the statistics. Like, hey. Will all you motherfuckers with wasting diseases stop smoking pot for a while and get really skinny so we can jack the statistic up even more? <laughs> I think <laughs> it's just to say
1: didn't... cannabis promotes a healthy waste. Obviously, But if you encounter, but if you count, generally that's small. You're right. Ninety-eight. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, no, but if you if you included all the people with wasting diseases who smoke pot occasionally, the the bias uh, of of uh, or at least the association, because this isn't necessarily uh, entirely causation, right? We're we're observing uh, a correlation. That things trend together doesn't mean they are caused by the same thing, or that one is the cause or effect of the other, right? But when we see that uh, there's a significant trend in general health population that people who smoke pot tend to have thinner waistlines. Yeah, well, what possible causes could there be for that, right? Um, and, and generally, they're positive for all of the general health benefits. But here's the abstract. The rapid spread of COVID-19 underscores the need for new treatments. Here we report that cannabidiol, CBD, a compound produced by the cannabis plant, inhibits SARS-CoV-2 infection. CBD and its metabolite 7-OH-CBD, but not congeneric can- cannabinoids, but potently block SARS-CoV-2 replication in lung epithelial cells. CBD acts after cellular infection, inhibiting viral gene expression and reversing many effects of SARS-CoV-2 on host gene transcription. CBD induces interferon expression and upregulates its antiviral signaling pathway. A cohort of human patients previously taking CBD had significantly lower SARS-CoV-2 infection incidence of up to an order of magnitude relative to matched pairs or the general population. This study highlights CBD and its active metabolite, 7-OH-CBD, as potential preventative agents and therapeutic treatments for SARS-CoV-2 at early stages of infection. Safer, more effective than vaccines, potentially. Someone says, are you vaccinated? No, I took my CBD today. No, I took my, I took my COVID vitamins. Cannabidiol from the su- summary sentence. Just one more thing, summary sentence. Cannabidiol from the cannabis plant has potential to prevent and inhibit SARS CoV two infection. And with that, let's take our COVID vitamins.
1: Every day,
0: All right, <laughs> and with that, we get to our guests. We get, we get, we get, smoke, smoke off the screen. Woo! Get professional. We're talking. We're we're libertarian party activists now, trying to kiss mainstream butt. Get the get the cannabis. Wait, how many Americans? Wasn't it? It was seventy two percent. Like when I started my it's activism,
1: like, like or something. Yeah, yeah like, like twenty 90, years yeah. ago.
0: Yeah. Like, now, I gotta Google this. How many? Americans have tried.
1: Oh no! Oh, try cannabis. Cannabis. Uh, I know it's ninety-six percent approve of passing laws in favor of
0: cannabis. for medical at least for any, right. well, any across course. the board in some some, 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 some significantly yeah, yeah, right. Um, according to a new poll released Monday. This is twenty seventeen. Fifty-two percent of Americans over eighteen have tried it at some point. No, it was seventy-two percent. More than half. So only just fifty-two percent have tried one fifty-six. Find it socially acceptable. What percentage of Americans smoke marijuana? Um July tw- this is from let's see January 31, 2020. I shouldn't be keeping our guests waiting for this. Um but yeah, didn't, It used to be 72% had tried. Maybe that's not maybe that was an exaggeration. Um
1: No, 72% were in favor. I think that's what you're thinking of. Because those are the stats I remember that 72% of Americans wanted to legalize marriage. Pretty sure it was tried.
0: Anyway, now it's 52%. I call
1: bullshit on
0: that. I think it's higher. Yeah, so this was 2017.
1: What did they poll? Like, where? How big was this study group? Okay, let's do a whole episode on this.
0: We need to do another marijuana special. We did one last year, and it's been a while. All right, let's get to our guests before we keep them waiting. Wait, wait, here it is. Yahoo News' Marist Weed in the American Family poll is out just in time for 420. New poll finds majority of Americans have smoked. 52% of Americans over 18 have tried marijuana at some point in their lives. I really thought it would be higher than that. Um, But this is uh, from 2017. Yeah. So it's probably higher now, but how much? Um, in fact, people, okay, so the poll found that out of the respondents who have tried pot at some point, 65% are parents. In fact, people who are current marijuana users are slightly more likely to be parents.
1: Yeah, because
0: kids make you need to smoke a little bit more. <laughs> Speaking of which, is that, <laughs> kids calling, yeah.
1: Um, might be the kid calling.
0: The poll also found that American parents aren't that worried about their kids smoking weed. Out of all parents surveyed, not just those who have tried marijuana, the leading concern is a fear that their kids will smoke cigarettes. (laughs) It was true in reverse too. Those surveyed said they thought their own parents would be more upset if they smoked tobacco rather than marijuana. That is a beautiful critical mass tipping point that we have reached of just fucking getting real and this
1: is you know what like my mother was more concerned about finding me drinking than she was getting stuff
0: yeah no and and running for president running for office now like it's it's a bit of a statement but i when i was running for president Your we had plenty of criticism not once well you smoke cannabis on camera regularly adam and that's <laughs> that's a problem no it's not it's fucking not i smoke pot i sound smart reasonably uh i read stuff well i i i went to you know the the zoolander school for kids who like to read good and do other things good too i know what i'm talking about people i'm not just some you know obviously you know i'm not some out of weight out of shape or over out of weight i'm out of weight uh yeah i'm not some overweight out of shape you know lazy stoner um and I, I, I think it's a beautiful thing we've come to that. All right. Without further ado, we're at an hour into the show. Ladies and gentlemen, our guests today are Ned Kelly and Mary Geralt. They are uh, the – well, Ned is the chairperson, of the libertarian – what am I getting – I'm getting it all screwed up.
4: Former chair. Most recent former, former chair.
5: Former chair.
4: I let that go. Oh, my
0: gosh. All right. Well, <laughs> you're both right as libertarians in Kansas, which I got to say is um, – like I, I don't know, being tr- being a Mormon missionary in New York City, I don't know. It's it's in it, it, Kansas. Tell us about. I mean, I I, I want to give you guys a proper introduction. So, Ned, you were the chair Libertarian Party of Kansas, which is another one of those uh thankless jobs. Except here on Adam versus the Man, we say thank you for thank you for your service. Um, and yeah. as as it says here, it is my life's work to expose producer Jim. For the r- r- ruthless, corporate-driven power monger he is under that humble exterior, he, he does he does have a humble exterior and a dog. Yeah. Uh,
4: Mary, that's the guy I warned you about right there. They showed him for a second, but then he was gone. <laughs> put him put him back up on the screen. Put him up there, Mary. I want you to take a good look. That guy, that guy. I warned you about him. Keep your keep an eye out on. Keep watch him closely.
2: Jim, you want to join this and explain what's going on here? I have no idea why I'm being called a corporate chill. I don't know. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know. I got, I'm he, just going to stay hidden backstage. He puts on this yeah. act
4: like he's a Mr. Nice guy, but we we all know.
2: <laughs> all right, so Mary,
0: according, according to my Google Calendar... Let's see what's wrong here. Uh, Began her libertarian activism journey with a run for lieutenant governor in Kansas, uh, which she doesn't necessarily recommend. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) nobody recommends
5: that. That is your first try. (laughs) Just don't do statewide. It's your first foray.
0: (laughs) She's run at a saner pace. I love it. libertarians don't make enough dumb jokes about look we're running yeah we're (laughs) running and now we're pacing down yes okay uh we're running at at the county level for county commissioner most recently to be an at-large member of the local board of public utilities uh aka bpu the ultra corrupt wyandotte wyandotte yeah weird pronunciation but yeah it's it look yeah uh it's spelled like why W? I can't even spell it. W Y A N D O T T E. She spends most say, of her free time. The
4: dot. Yeah. The we dot. Just call it uh,
5: the dot. D O T T E. The dirty dot.
0: Now I now I feel like a real Kansas insider. Yeah. <laughs> you are. I could I could pass for a local. Uh, she spends most not, of her free time flexing freedom. Not with that man bun
4: Adam. <laughs> you 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 it's a tough It's
0: not. <laughs> It's not a bun
1: yet. Not
0: a bun yet. We'll I don't
4: there. think anyone else in Kansas. No, it's not true. There's there's plenty of folks in Kansas, who, especially in Kansas City area, who who, uh, who rock
1: the look
4: like done. that. Oh, rock it, yeah. yes. Sorry it's to interrupt you, sir. You're
1: It's a
0: It's rocking the top knot. It's very traditional. Don't make fun <laughs> of it, or I will. I I will. I will be angry, and I will watch more anime. Uh, yeah, Sorry, so, yeah so viral meme ninja net kelly yeah okay they dream of a world free of forced face diapers yeah uh is that what we're gonna get into what's what else do we need to know about y'all
5: um well i just got done running in my primary for the bpu at large position which um i was actually for the first time running, I was surprised that I lost. Um, I got out there. So there was a, an incumbent and then there was me and another challenger. And like, I felt like I campaigned the shit out of it. Um, and the other challenger, I don't know, just like stayed home and watched Murder, She Wrote or something. <laughs> and, and I lost, I lost to her. Like everybody knew my name and I still lost and i was like
0: what the actual heck you guys well hold on you said we got to explain primary here because i i assume it's not really competitive among libertarians who want to run for member of the local board of public utilities (laughs) um no no no. so uh you're talking like a kind of is is this a non-partisan race open primary party affiliate did this was there some smear yeah. campaign against you or was this really uh, like, Oh, I thought we were going to win and this is probably some shady shit. Uh,
5: I, yeah. Like it's, it's nonpartisan. And as far as I know, there was no smear campaign against me. The most I can surmise is that um, one of the, you know, highly uh, favored candidates running for mayor had formed a slate with, you know, the other challenger in my race. And even though she didn't campaign at all, their campaign just like kind of carried her through the voter base. Can so, I say? Yeah.
4: So yeah, it's a nonpartisan, it's a primary in that the top two make it through. And I believe this was controlled opposition. Yeah, the, the person, the other person who ran and made it into the top two, uh, along with the incumbent, sweet person, but she told this, I wasn't planning on running, but somebody called me, you know, right. You know, the last day to file and I thought, okay, I'll go down and file. She did nothing. She's again, nice, nice lady, but did nothing as far as the campaign signs participating in the forums, knocking on doors. Mary did all that shit. And yeah, they, they kind of put her on a slate recommended and just kind of enough of the rank and file Wyandotte County insiders just uh, uh put her through now so mary didn't make it through the top two okay, so um,
0: let, me make, let me make sure i understand this. i want to point this out as a hurdle that we face as libertarians against some of the institutional entrenchment uh, of the old parties in the structure of elections that allow them to make a play like this so as i understand it they do a top two primary open non-partisan and so Uh, a libertarian who wants to be a contender first has to win the special primary to be in the top two. And in this case, it's such a small thing that even a libertarian mounting a serious, legitimate, credible effort for this can get blocked by them just running interference where they don't even have to invest any effort. They can recruit a useful idiot. And i maybe that's what she is maybe she knows maybe she doesn't know this but ned that's what you're suggesting here is that she's essentially a useful idiot in the in the bigger party strategy or the strategy of the incumbent who just wants to preserve his seat and says well we don't i don't want to have to deal with the libertarian challenger is he what is the incumbent what's their party affiliation i don't
5: i don't really know that she has a party affiliation um I didn't look. Into but it, that it doesn't much. matter
0: because they used they use the parties to send out slates of recommended uh, uh, names to vote for, and that was enough that because the average voter isn't paying attention to down ticket races, the influence of the old old parties and just right. putting out recommended slates of candidates as such that they can pull a play like this and negate your efforts. Is that right? Oh, yeah,
5: absolutely. Yeah. And and here, here in this county, I mean, there is party politics to an extent, but um, more it's like a, a nepotism thing. So um, like there's a lot of, you could say, families or just groups of people who kind of run together And Mm -hmm. so people who get into office here, they tend to stay in office for a really long time. And that's the case in my race. The person I'm running against, I don't know who else in the county she's connected to, but she's been in this particular position for 20 years. Um, So that tends to be what happens here is um, once people get in, a lot of times they tend to stay in. And then it's all about who you know if you actually get in yourself. So you have to be... um, Yeah, not so much about party, but it is about connections in this
4: county. And I was running too. I was running for Wyandotte County at-large. There's two different at-large positions. Uh, They call it at-large district one, at-large district two. I ran for, well, the only one up for election this year is at-large district two and went through all the forums and did everything. And it was, and actually, I, I do hope we get to talk about some of the good we got to do as libertarians in this local race. But I got all the way through that early voting started, we went down to vote we, and so excited we were, we were going to vote for ourselves and vote for each other. My race was not on our ballot. It turns out we don't live in the at-large district two. I was not even eligible to be in the race but wow. they took my filing they signed off on my, oh my you know God. they let me run the whole time they let me run but it turned out so people who had voted for me in the early voting their votes just didn't count it was it was kind of yeah oh, yeah well let me yeah. I, I want i
0: to, i think there's one thing that completes this picture and it's what are they defending What is the corruption? What is the payback? What is the kickback? What is the whatever for the Wyandotte County Board of Public Utilities? How much money are we talking about here?
5: (laughs) Oh, you don't even have any idea. It's It's... an insane amount of money. I don't know how much their annual revenues are, um, but I'll tell you, it's kind of hard to explain quickly. But there is this thing called the pilot fee on the Board of Public Utilities. And that's an acronym that stands for payment in lieu of taxes.
4: Tell them what I what I said it really stands for, honey.
5: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Ned says it stands for people. It's a lot of
4: taxes. (laughs) Of course.
5: So what it is, is it's this fee that um, it's hard to make this a short story. So um, they steal your money. They sell your money. It's a public utility. They're kind of in cahoots with um, the unified government, which is our county and our city, Kansas City, Kansas, and Wyandotte County are one government. And they've been that way for like 20 okay. or 30 years. Okay. So they sort of own the Board of Public Utilities, but it's, you know, on its face, it's a separate organization. Um, so what this pilot fee is, the unified government, assigns a fee every year between 5 and 15% on the board of public utilities which means they get to take between 5 and 15% of the uh utilities revenue and use it mm. for whatever the hell they want and it just it becomes their own personal slush fund so just the revenue revenue that they get from that is about 34 million a year
4: and and that's just the BPU, the, the Board of Public Utilities. That, yeah, that's
5: to, just one small thing.
4: Yeah, to answer your question, as far as the UG, the the whole you know Board of County Commissioners on this unified government, they it's cronyism at its at its worst. It is like the the ultimate of of uh, crony capitalism, because they get to steal land from. From private individuals, through because they didn't pay their pilot tax, or they they failed to keep their place up to code, or they just want it, you know, they just uh, eminent domain it, and then they take that land and give it away to outside investors who build huge, whether it's a casino or a racetrack or a, a huge shopping mall or this or that, and of course give away and give perks and tax breaks to to those those companies and corporations, um, they make out, they're not even from the area. Uh, it's, it is indeed, um, corporatism at its worst.
0: Mm. So that they would put for, the reason I think that's important to completing the picture of the story of this race and this tactic and how the machine works is you see that putting in an effort like this. Is is very compared to the amount of money flowing in this racket that they're protecting. It's a very very small effort to manipulate the politics to defendant uh, uh, against a would be challenger. Now Wyandot County, relatively small, uh, hundred and sixty. People like oh Kansas City. Well, oh, I've heard of that place. They have a baseball team. Uh, you know. <laughs> The, no the whole county population is about 165 thousand yeah. St- yeah
4: Mary you should explain about Kansas City and the, and the
5: geography oh, yeah well so when people say and this was like a thing that Trump got in trouble with I don't know if you remember a couple of years back so Kansas City it's kind of like Minneapolis St. Paul it's like right. two two metropolitan areas together so there's two Kansas cities there's Kansas City Missouri and there's Kansas City Kansas. So Kansas City, Missouri is the Kansas City. Like it's like when you say Kansas City, that's what people mean. Like it's the big Kansas City. Kansas City, Kansas is kind of like the smaller, you know, little growth hanging on to Kansas City, Missouri.
4: (laughs) And even (laughs) and even
5: that it's not as old.
4: We're in Wyandotte County and then uh, south of us is Johnson County. And a lot of people refer to a lot of that area. It's part of the Kansas City metro. Metro. And that's a whole nother county with its whole. uh, own tyranny oh, yeah. as well
5: yeah yeah and so um johnson county and um wyandotte county are actually two of the largest counties in kansas so um wyandotte even though it only has 165 thousand people it's actually the third largest county in kansas
0: right well what what i was shocked with looking at some of the numbers for wyandotte county is that it's uh still relatively small population it's it's sort of uh i i a poor suburb of Kansas City Missouri right uh yeah. median income uh 33,784 according to wikipedia uh it's i don't know what year that's for uh but pretty significant part of the population living below the po- poverty line and yeah. uh it says uh that unlike almost every other county in kansas wyandotte county has been solidly democratic ever since the new deal due to its urbanized nature and significant minority population and you go well is what does that have to do with with you not being able to run for board of supervisors in the bpu to challenge this racket where they're skimming $35 million out of 165,000 residents with a a median household income of of under (laughs) $34,000.
5: Right. So you see the problem that we're up against here, you know, and I was out there talking that game, the whole campaign, like every forum, I was hitting the BPU and I was saying this is a racket. You guys, the pilot is a racketeering scam and everybody was like, "Yeah, all right. You're you're right on the money on that." And everybody I went out and talked to, they're like, "Oh man, yeah, we got to go get that BPU." And everybody has their horror stories about how they got their lights shut off for 50 cents mm. past due on their bill and mm. so on and so forth. And they're like, "People complain like nobody wants to have a business here. Nobody wants to move here because of BPU and because of the high property taxes and all this other stuff." But it's really funny that people like me are the ones who lost the races, even though we were the loudest ones in the bunch and we had the most public support. It's just really funny that we lost, you know, and that just speaks to, you know, it's like, I don't want to point fingers, but Wyandotte County has a long history of corruption. Yeah. And it's just a fact of nature here.
4: We had fun during the race though. And I think we, we got to do a lot of fun. You know, it's kind of easier to be a libertarian nationally, you know, uh, because we're anti-war, anti-interventionism, we're pro-peace, anti-prohibition of drugs, anti tax you know, all of those things. It's kind of easier to do at a, at a statewide or a national level. Yeah. And then when it gets down to local, it's like, well, which do you want to spend more on this, this bridge or this library? Well, libertarians are like, none of that sounds good. So, I think it was both Mary and I were able to bring in a good taste of libertarianism into this local level. And I I can give you an example or two, if you want, Adam, I don't want to tell you how to do your interview. Yeah,
0: no, yeah, please. But I, I, I'm I also, I'm intrigued by this strategic concept and it's not new to me. I've, I've heard this point before, obviously I've been around, I've been around enough libertarian events, but it's, I've never heard it stated as it's easier to be libertarian nationally than locally. And and I very much ag- agree with that. And and it's because even for me, looking at local politics, I go, well, this money came from local sources. It's going to local sources. It it's it, as much as it's an affront to my economic sensibilities. It's not creating a massive ripoff. It's not creating a massive distortion. It's not like money is being stolen from productive things and being used to bomb brown strangers on the other side of the planet. It's like, well, it's going to the city councilman's brother to be the guy who gets the contract to build the park, but everybody wants the park. You know, what What am I fighting for injustice there as a libertarian? I'm not really fighting injustice. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting for greater efficiency when it's, when it's that local, small town level. Obviously, when it's at the scale of BPU and you're talking tens of millions of dollars, then you're like, fuck that's an injustice that needs to end but even then the defense mechanisms of the system at that level are possibly more effective and make it harder for you to have a lasting impact whereas you go up to the state level and say well shit wyandotte county was dry until 1986 what the fuck (laughs) <laughs> you know but like, no let's end prohibition for cannabis too let's you know let like let's let's end the warfare state and the police state and the uh surveillance state and the massive waste and ripoff of the federal government uh it's it's easier uh but you guys chose to ran lope to run sort of at, at, at a large county level it's kind of in between on that scale so give us an example and, and and try to put it in that context.
4: Please. Sure. And I guess I better respond to. I think it was D. Vince put put up uh, a comment about uh, libraries. I'm not opposed to bridges in libraries. I don't I don't want the government stolen money to pay for them. That's all. Libraries are cool. I'm cool with libraries. Um, well, hold anyway. on. Now
0: in the age in the age of internet, it's True. sort of like True. like True. I, yeah. I'm I'm for libraries full of stone tablets because stone (laughs) tablets allow you to educate yourself and get away from from tv d vincent but no in the age of the internet um resources for smart education and facilities and encouragement of, of children rather than paper book libraries.
4: Sure. Okay. I just mean to have a, a library of books you can borrow, put in your house so when someone comes over, they're impressed that you have books and dogs uh, <laughs> so that you can get laid. Going back to that. That was a call back to your first hour. I was watching. I was watching. So here's a, here's an example. Uh, there's a, a thing called the safe and welcoming ordinance that uh, they're trying to, to – some uh, groups, I think the safe and welcoming group is pushing <laughs> – in Wyandotte County, and it's a local ID. It's a county and municipal level ID that theoretically can help people who are houseless, homeless, uh, foreigners, and they don't have a green card, they've lost their license, all that stuff. Get some form of ID to eventually get into the system, and that's fine. I, I I think that's potentially helpful, more potentially dangerous for tracking purposes and all that. But they would ask me during the forums how I felt about it, and there's a two-part question. Um, at, you know, for for you for the unified you know commissioners, um, are you in favor of the ID, and do you support the non-compliance with ICE? That goes along with it because they don't want. It. They're suggesting that we don't share people's identity and information if they're a foreigner, if they're you know uh, a, a non-documented uh, person living here. So I would, I would kind of say maybe I have uh, apprehensions about the first part, the municipal ID. But as far as non-compliance with ICE, I would say I am all about it. We ought to make Wyandotte County and Kansas City like a sanctuary city uh, where we don't comply with ICE and let's not comply with any of the feds let's make sure we don't in, enforce unconstitutional and immoral drug laws let's not enforce any gun laws let's let's make it a non compliance with the ATF and the DEA and all of that and their their jaws would just kind of drop but i i think it it gave them something mm-hmm. to think about
0: all right so you guys have in your bio on my calendar, dreaming of a world without mask mandates. How's COVID been for y'all? One in Kansas, but also in Wyandotte County specifically. Uh, and and where's, the, uh, where's the fight there?
5: Um, it's been, you know, across the, the state, it's been kind of varied. So Kansas is largely a rural, rural state. There's just, like, one or two pockets of what you could really call, like, metropolitan area. So in, like, the three biggest counties that I mentioned, um, well, we didn't mention the other one. The other one is Sedgwick, which is Wichita. Those three counties, Johnson, Sedgwick, and Wyandotte, they all had, like, pretty strict mass mandates that followed the governor's mandate. So we have a Democrat governor right now named Laura Kelly and when this all started, you know, she came out with a mandate, like everybody's got to wear a face mask. But there was a caveat in the mandate that said every county has the option to not follow this mandate if they come up with their own mandate, their own plan to deal with it. So a lot of these rural counties said, you know, like F the governor, we're not doing that. You know, uh, yeah, our mandate is do whatever the hell you want. Something like that. So lucky then. But over here in the city, you know, the, all of our boards of commissioners were like, oh, yeah, we're going through exactly what the governor says. Oh, my God. And they did. And so we had to put up with that. And um, it was kind of brutal. You know, like we would go around and go in places. And um, I mean, Ned probably give you a little a different opinion, but I felt like it was uncomfortable to go in a lot of places. And I feel like I got hassled more, maybe because, you know, I'm a. a a little girl or something, but um, yeah, like people give you dirty looks, people um, ask you like, where's your mask? And then you have to say something, you know, like, well, I'm exempt. And then they might fight you back on that. And sometimes they'll actually tell you to get out and it's just like a huge hassle. So um, we're kind of back to that. Again, we lost our mandate uh, I guess around like May or June And now um, here in Wyandotte, we just got back under one, except now it's not just a mandate. It's become a criminal ordinance. They Mm. came up with an ordinance where um, violators can be fined up to $500 or 30 days in jail. And? And 30 days in jail. Was it and? And 30 days in jail. So... um, And then maybe you can talk talk more about, you know, what we did to protest that. But I don't think that I get the sense that people here in Wyandotte are not going to be as apt to follow it as stringently because I think they're just getting worn out.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It does wear us down. And that's that's intentional on on their part, on the oppressor's part. It is just emotionally and spiritually. They grind you down. So yeah, last Thursday, our, the UG, the the Unified Government of uh, Wyandotte County, Kansas City, came out with this. I think only a couple of days in advance, they had they announced that this called session. Although all the local ones in Kansas City we mentioned all did it the same the same day. Um, and Mary and I were talking, you know, well, what can we do? And this is one of the advantages of being in a, a libertarian or anarchist or freedom fighting. Couple in a relationship, because that night I remember I was I was just so down and overwhelmed. and I'm like, well, we probably should create an event. We probably should have a protest, a rally of some kind. And I'm like, and I was just like, I can't I can't do it. And Mary, so Mary picked up the ball. It was her turn. You know, we kind of take turns, and it was her turn. So she created the event and started the ball rolling and and calling people. And then by the next day, which was the day of the uh, the UG meeting where they were uh, voting on this this uh, ordinance, I had gained I had built back up my 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 level. I don't know what it is in the video games, but my stamina and I was so then Your yeah, my power leveled up and we were so we <laughs> created this event. And there was about 50 people and for for. For, this, for Wyandotte County, that's okay. We, we had about 50 people outside waving signs and we had about 20 people inside who went actually inside and spoke up during the public comment. Uh, of course, they cut it down from three minutes per person to one minute per person. Um, and you know they would cut you right off if, if you were one half a second over that one minute. But anyway, so it was invigorating and it was good that we at least made a stand.
5: Yeah. And we got like a ton of honks outside. The news came over and covered it. We got on TV, both Ned and I were on TV and a bunch of other people and we, you know, we got a lot of attention. So even though um, our message was by far the most outspoken one that night, I mean, I, I told Ned, I said, I feel like um, those of us against uh, it was probably a ratio of about like five to one of those who um, came on. Well, the people who were pro, were only on the online portion. They didn't even come in person. So we made the greater effort, I feel like. But still, you know, the commissioners shot us down. They pretty much unanimously um, went against us. So that was discouraging, but it was encouraging to see that we had so many people come out of the woodwork to um, come against that and speak out.
0: So what does that tell you for where this is going? I mean, last big question I want to ask here, both for, well, I guess for Wyandotte for the state of Kansas, for the United States, and for, for the world. Where are we going with this whole COVID thing?
4: I, you go, Mary, you wanna go?
5: Well, I, I think to me what it says is that even though it seems like, and it's easy to get discouraged by, um, a lot of really loud noise from people um, online, on social media, and everything clamoring for these mandates and clamoring for forced vaccination and all these things. Um, it In practice, it just doesn't seem to be so because it seems like those who don't want it are the ones who are the more active and who have a stronger voice. Um, and the fact that leadership, if you can even call it that, is not paying attention to that or giving any credence to it. I think it's, it's one, it's very telling of the level of authoritarianism that we're under. And two, it's very telling that, um, you know, we may run into situations where people start not taking this lying down so much, even though there, it seemed like there was so much compliance before. I'm hoping that what we're <laughs> what we're seeing now, is um, that we're gonna see a stronger resistance.
4: Yeah, I agree. I'm optimistic. I see the, the same. I think about 15%, and these numbers are arbitrary, uh, but let's just say 15% of the population in the in the country and, sure. and in, in Kansas, are they are on board 100%. They're in the cult. They think the smash on the face are magical. And they're, you know, even though they're hypocritical and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's okay when you're sitting down, but not when you're standing. all that. So about 15% are a hundred percent gung-ho and they probably, uh, think you deserve to be locked up in a cage if you don't comply. Then there's about 15% of us who will, will not comply right from the beginning. Uh, you know, we, we won't wear the schmacks. We won't get the schmaxination. um, And we just, we just highly, highly skeptical of anything coming out from the Sure. And then there's (laughs) about 70% of the population left who are just like, they've gone along to get along. They, it didn't even occur to them to ask, is this, is this an injustice? Is this an infringement on my, you know, they're just, eh, whatever. But of that 70%, more and more of them are starting to question more and more of them are starting to be like, hey, this doesn't make sense. This there's so many um incongruities and, and just conflicts. It, yeah, it just it doesn't takes
0: make- it takes longer for people like I and I say this to point out my own, you know, humility and, and patience that's required in that I fell for the COVID mythology for a couple of weeks near the beginning. And then sure. I was like, wait. Let me peek behind the curtain. Most people just don't have that luxury, and if it's not that bad, they're not going to. But now that it's been a year and a half, you're saying that 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 chunk of people and the, the, the majority of the demographic is questioning and coming our way and seeing through this. So then just quick follow-up, we say more resistance. What form is it going to take, and what is it going to accomplish? Is, are we going to be able to beat this thing back to i mean we I, I i'd like to think we beat this thing back to well you get your annual flu vaccine but it's more scary because it's still the new flu thing and you know pharmaceuticals get to make a bunch of money and every now and then government gets to intervene with some new medical yeah. tyranny uh yeah. and 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 People are still going to hold on to, well, we did it out of an abundance of caution. You know, they're They, they don't know. No one has to admit that they were wrong. You know, we're just going to ease out of it gently like the global war on terror, except it's not yeah. really gentle for the victims, obviously. But what well, form does, the, the, does it take even to get us to that point? Is it protests? Is it going to city council meetings? Is it national elections? Because something manifest has to take place to even get from where we are to that point.
4: It's true, it's all of that. And you talk about the, you know, follow the money. You know, people people should follow the money and try to figure out where all of this is coming from. It's not very complicated, you know, it's not like um, loose monetary uh, policy, you know, where it can be convoluted and, and complex and try to figure out who is, who is benefiting from low interest rates or, or you know, Uh, Loose monetary policy and how does that impact the those who get to, you know, the millionaires or billionaires actually who get to borrow the money at low rates and trace it back? That's that's that takes a few steps and that's complicated. Here, they're making it mandatory that every human being take this product. (laughs) Who benefits from that? (laughs) It's so simple. It's so clear. Who is the direct beneficiary of these uh, Orwellian? policies. (laughs) policies. <laughs> it's the big pharma companies. Come on, people. You yep. used to be against big pharma a year and a half ago. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's going to take local protests. It's going to take simple things like people walking into a restaurant or into a grocery store without a schmash on their face so that somebody else sees it. So that one person or so
0: just being assertive. Yeah, there's 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 a whole other level of culture war of asserting the normalcy of bare face. Right.
4: Yeah. Exactly. So somebody else wakes up and says, well, I didn't, I was just going along to get along, but I see somebody else. I see Mary girl over there without a a thing on her face. Maybe I'll try it too. Uh, I, you know, I'm inspired. Um, And yeah, ultimately it's either, we're either going to maintain our liberties or the whole thing comes down, or maybe the whole thing comes down anyway, uh, because of that monetary policy and, and all that and i've t- i've talked about this with you before adam you know ultimately i'm hoping that whatever you know rises out of the ashes of that uh, of this fallen empire and that could take a year it could take 10 20 years for the for the right. collapse to really happen but we want to be we want to prepare the people and and wake them up to liberty now so they'll be a little more ready to infuse some liberty in what comes next yeah yeah, yeah
5: i agree i think it's um like along the lines of what Ned said, the resistance, it's going to come for a lot of people in the form of exhaustion. Um, Just as um, people like us can get exhausted in actively resisting it, I think um, those who were not resistant are getting exhausted of, you know, of the authority. And so I think we're going to see more of that where uh, people who were, you know, religiously masking up before when they see people like us walking in without it, they're going to be like, you know what? I'm so tired of doing this. If they can do it, I'm going to do it. We're going to see more of that, I think. And plus um, the businesses, you know, that were so afraid to lose business if they didn't follow mandates. I think they're like, "Uh, you know what? Are we really still doing this? Like I can't, I can't afford to put my effort and my business into this anymore. I don't think that many people care anymore. And it's like the, hopefully some of the at least like the local control from governments is um, going to lose some of its steam just because people are going to stop acknowledging it
0: yeah well as stevenson w points out there is in rural florida i think a lot of the country right now it's employees have to be masked but customers general public not so much and that represents a pretty significant turning point to to speak in favor of of your narrative there net Ned yeah. thank you so much you guys have been a lot of fun. What do you want to plug? Uh how do you, how can people get in touch with you?
4: Go check out my my viral meme from yeah. my from my my Twitter, but then I, you know, did the old screenshot of it and put it on Facebook. It's it's viral right now. I tell people, "No, I can't go out because I've gone viral." That's the one. Um but yeah, Ned Kelly Knapp, both on Facebook and on on Twitter. Hey. <laughs> there it is. <laughs>
0: Everyone should be required to carry a gun It cuts down on the spread of crime And makes us all safer You don't want to or it goes against your beliefs We will make you Don't be so selfish Just put one on so the rest of us can feel more comfortable Facebook and Twitter Ned Kelly NAP Mary
5: Um, The only thing I really have to plug um, Is kind of more for our locals here We have a Facebook group called Unmask the Dot Um, And we're very happy that the other two urban counties next to us, the one in Missouri and the one in Kansas, also have very active um, unmasked groups there, too. So um, anybody, I would say anybody who is on board with this train of thought, um, if you don't have a Facebook group in your area, go ahead and start one and start inviting people to join it. Um, so that you can start rallying like-minded people and find common ground with others to stand up against your city governments and um, against the, the uh, narrative that's out there pushing all this authority on us.
4: Even though, Adam, you're not on Facebook anymore, right? I remember a couple years ago, you quit Facebook and said, you're never coming back. I'm, I'm there, but I, I, I'm not there.
0: Like I, I I'm, I am very like, and I, I, I'm considering getting away from even Instagram and Twitter too, but those are the only places I do not engage with Facebook because I, I understand that Twitter has some censorship issues Instagram definitely has censorship and, and, and feed manipulation issues, but I respond to people's comments on my posts there. Uh, but Facebook is, is, is such a toxic and manipulated and manipulative conversation towards its users. They literally want it to be bad for your mental health, to be more addicted. And I think you can use it conscientiously, limited, uh in in function carefully, but who no, I'm definitely happy to be i'm I'm better off disengaged from Facebook.
4: You can find us on mewe, both Mary and I are on mewe, and yeah. I have a page called Libertarian People of Kansas on mewe. It's better than nothing I gotta check you out on telegram right adam
0: telegram yeah so
4: i i a
0: quick sidebar while I've got these two esteemed activists here. I think Telegram might be the future for social media and for communications. And it, it really has a lot of potential. It seems like it's a platform with absolute integrity as, as an open source project. I've used it for a long time for messaging and organizing groups. But with the when when the alt-right started getting chased off of some mainstream platforms and Gab and MeWe came up and, and what's the other one that Parler, right? a lot, even the, the extreme ones went to Telegram because you could make a channel. It's a broadcast channel, people can follow. And then there's no intermediaries. There's no censorship. you, you subscribe, you don't like it, fuck you, unsubscribe. There's nobody to complain it's, to. It's an open source platform kind of thing. Anyway, I highly encourage everybody to be on Telegram and, and to work with me and everybody else who's doing this to explore making this something that functionally displaces uh ye olde social media websites. All right. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> you gotta awesome. blast websites, everything, whatever, find it, show notes. Also t.me slash Adam versus the man. There it is, Facebook and Twitter at Ned Kelly N A P. Thanks guys. Mwah.
4: Thank you, sir. Peace All and right. freedom. Thank now, you.
0: We do have 20-something headlines to get to in less than 20 minutes, and holy shit, I'm going to need more COVID vitamins for this block. Smoke, smoke Alright. Americans for Tax Reform, my friend Grover Norquist's organization, with this very important headline, link from Drudge Report, Dems set stage for trillions in tax hikes, 87,000 IRS agents woke spending. Yeah, submitted by I Morales, and this is like this was this is like the the economic part of the COVID block. What's Democrats in power plan? Oh, when COVID is surging, what do we need? More IRS agents. Yeah. Yeah, Democrat Fiscal Year 2022 budget resolution includes instructions to fast-track $3.5 trillion of a tax and spending spree later this year. ATR urges senators to vote no on this resolution. Yeah, good luck with that, fighting the rising tide. If signed into law, it will tee off passage of the following proposals. Trillions of new tax increases on working families and small businesses. First step toward the Biden plan to raise taxes by $3 trillion over the next decade. Increasing the corporate tax rate, doubling co- capital gains uh, tax, taking away step-up in basis and imposing a second death tax by taxing unrealized capital gains at death. Imposing a 15% minimum tax on book income that will disallow the use of important deductions and credits that help promote job creation and economic growth uh increase the top income tax rate to 39.6 percent a tax increase that will fall on small businesses new taxes on american energy including a tax on manufacturers based on their methane production and a carbon border tax yes uh these taxes of course will be passed along to families and businesses in the form of higher prices 21% 21% global minimum tax, higher than the 15% global minimum tax the Biden administration is pushing other countries to enact, repealing the deduction for foreign derived intangible income and tax cut that encourages businesses to house their potential, excuse me, their intellectual property in the United States, and 80 billion dollars in new IRS funding to hire 87. Thousand new agents speaking of democrat fuck-ups new york governor this is sorry that was a bad transition right nbcnews.com new york governor andrew cuomo resigns after sexual harassment allegations never mind killing old folks in homes with covid isolation and spreading uh oh my god just This is like we need something to distract from COVID or is this some power play, some manipulation, something he could come back from. He's maintaining his innocence. He's apologizing for any hurt feelings, saying he didn't do anything improper. He's resigning because there's this overwhelming flood to call for his impeachment. (coughs) Excuse me if he doesn't. But now with this, he's saying that he's going to leave office in 14 days. I don't think we've seen the last of him or his squirreliness. And I think there's definitely more to this narrative in terms of um, manipulating uh, the the COVID narrative. TheWrap.com is this headline next. Chris Cuomo, Andrew's brother, hemorrhages female viewers after brother Andrew's sexual harassment scandal. Last week's ratings took a tumble compared to this time last year. And I love the look on his face. That pained Look of horror, female viewership of CNN's Cuomo primetime took a dive last week after anchor Chris Cuomo's brother, Andrew Cuomo, was found by New York Attorney General Letitia James to have sexually harassed 11 women. Andrew Cuomo resigned as governor of New York Tuesday while CNN's Cuomo was on vacation. Before he departed for his annual birthday trip, however, Women departed his show Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday last week. After the Tuesday morning announcement, uh, Cuomo primetime averaged 453,000 total female viewers, of just of whom just 76 were in the advertiser crowded age demographic, 25 to 54. In total female viewers, that's a 21% decrease from second quarter average. Funny to watch the House of Cuomo crumble. More interesting in international news from dnyuz.com. Mystery attacks on diplomats leave scores of victims, but still little evidence. President Biden, now this is really interesting because this is one of those conspiracies coming true. Havana syndrome. Yeah. President Biden's top aides were told on Friday that experts studying the mysterious illnesses affecting scores of diplomats, spies, and their family members we're still struggling to find evidence to back up the leading theory that microwave attacks are being launched by Russian agents. The report came in an unusual classified meeting called by the Director of National Intelligence, Avril D. Haynes, according to several senior administration officials who spoke on the condition of anonymity. The purpose of the meeting was to assess the investigations and efforts to treat victims of the so-called Havana syndrome, the unexplained headaches, Dizziness and memory loss reported by scores of State Department officials, CIA officers, and their families. While Mr. Biden has said almost nothing publicly about the episodes, the National Security Council has begun an urgent effort to address the issue, and two separate task forces are now in operation one investigating the cause and led by the CIA, and another focused on finding commercial technology that could detect or block attacks. This is what makes me scared that they're going to be using this on activists next. Uh, but yeah, unexplained headaches, dizziness, memory loss. Now, uh, at an undeniable level, after having been, sw- been swept under the rug and denied as a conspiracy theory for many years, skipping ahead in the story, soon after taking office, Mr. Biden's national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, designated the Security Council's senior director for intelligence to organize a cross government response and outside experts. With security clearances, were called in to start new studies. Yeah, so some people think that Iran might be responsible, um, and and this is going back to uh, Cold War suspicions types with uh, food poisoning. Um, but you know, it was just food poisoning when they thought it was actually Russian aircraft that could have directed microwave. Uh, attacks at military personnel in Syria. D. Vincent W., don't forget today, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, the ERS alert system will blast out of your phone, put it in the microwave or fridge, steal it. Yeah, right. No, no, we covered this, D. Vincent, this is at the beginning of the show. No, we Don't, don't compare it. I want to get my alert. Uh, fun story from Bloomberg, MSN.com, Plant-based fish is rattling the multi-billion dollar seafood industry. I'm just going to read the first paragraph of this because it's so funny. When a tuna marketing executive took a bite of the dehydrated tomato seasoned with olive oil, algae extract, spices, and soy sauce early last year, he was shook. Quote, this is going to be a problem for us he said. At least that's how I'd aspire. Co-founder, chief executive officer of Mimic Seafood recalls it, designating it the highest praise you could have imagined for the delicate slice of tuna. that, Despite what the marketing executive's taste buds indicated contained, no tuna at all. And this is it. Yeah, I think about smoked um, watermelon Look like uh, being like smoked meat. Yeah, now you can make fish that's better than fish. And what's exciting to me is that okay, now you can eat all the fish you want because it's not full of mercury. Hey, it's not real fish. Uh but at, at the bigger level, it's it's like what are we doing first with the technology, the modern technology and cooking techniques? A lot of this is just food processing techniques. That that's not just, oh, some crazy guy who spent a whole day and made, you know, this one thing taste sorta like fish. It's like, no, you mass produce it now. But when we can tinker with that, what incredible creations are we going to come up with? It's like, I don't know, a hybrid between buffalo meat and and tuna or whatever. Fuck rare eel, masagi, awesome sushi that you used to love. And for me, like I, I I used to love sushi and stop. Why? Because mercury in the water. I mean, I'm also going you know, vegan ish I don't want to eat anything with a face. So it's got that ethical benefit as well. But now the technology is at the point where it's like, yeah, fake fish better than real fish, safer, healthier, more ethical. Less ethical, this headline from Deadline.com, Britney Spears rebuffed in efforts to speed up, tossing her father off conservatorship, Singer could try again. Sad. Uh, from Bloomberg.com, also sad news, change to crypto provision and infrastructure bill blocked. Uh, A change to cryptocurrency reporting rules in the infrastructure bill was blocked in the Senate Monday, leaving language for broad oversight of virtual currencies still in the legislation that's set to pass the Senate. They might be cracking down on crypto in a way that can slow things down, but not nearly as much as if they're really using it for fuckery like we see with this Newsweek headline next. $611 million in cryptocurrencies stolen in massive hats. Poly Network, a protocol for swapping cryptocurrency, including Bitcoin, announced Tuesday that it was hacked, resulting in the loss of $611 million. The hack is suspected to be the largest fraud in decentralized finance or DeFi in history. Yeah. The network tweeted the news and urged exchanges to block all of the funds that were taken. So they have the hackers following addresses for Ethereum, and uh bsc so we'll see if uh how this plays out uh but i think it points to a major vulnerability uh with crypto where we are right now that is just it's gonna take a long slow time of adoption by good people for it to really overcome unheard.com chinese censorship is coming the internet has never been so authoritarian and i i'm gonna have to refer you to the notes on this one But again, first paragraph on this one is awesome. Be honest. Did you read Unheard's cookie policy just now before you clicked accept and close? Have you ever read one of those notices? Or do you, like me, agree to anything and everything so long as you can get to the good stuff more quickly? Yeah. TheSun.com. Spammy todgers. Sickos can plant porn on your iPhone. Stop it with this one setting change. Perps can put porno on your iPhone by exploiting one of the gadget's best features. Um, and I think this is how the phone, uh, the AirDrop, yeah, Apple AirDrop was used to send someone a picture of a gun that grounded a flight a couple weeks ago. So all you have to do is turn off AirDrop and, um, yeah. So the other thing is, this could be used to set people up with kitty porn or other such charges. If you can put, if random people can put pictures on your phone, that's, that's a dangerous opening. But CNBC.com, tech savvy teens falling prey to online scams faster than their grandparents now. <laughs> yeah, online scam complaints from the under 21 crowd to the FBI reached about 23,200 up last year from 9,000 in 2017. That age group reported. Total losses in 2020 of roughly $71 million compared with $8.3 million in 2017. Across all ages, scams last year translated to a collective loss of $4.2 billion. Meanwhile, since they're doing such a great job of keeping a safe, Wall Street Journal with this headline, U.S. government wants a greater role in how Americans access Internet. The Biden administration wants to recast Broadband connection is a basic necessity in the infrastructure bill, making its way through Congress. Woo! could be dangerous. Like this headline from NextGov.com, NSA awards secret $10 billion contract to Amazon. Much of the NSA's most prized intelligence data may be moving to the cloud. Remember when Mussolini said fascism was the merging of corporations and the state? Yeah. Fox 13 Tampa Bay with this scary headline we've been waiting to get to Pasco Sheriff's Office sends letters to residents with criminal histories. This is a follow up on the um, unwarranted harassment, as critics are calling this, with the uh, pre-crime. Yeah, a prolific offender program. Scary stuff where this is going. Yeah. Florida man, Elon Musk, uh, dailystar.co.uk with this headline, Elon Musk slammed over SpaceX plan to put satellite ad billboard in space. And like, yeah, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Please don't do it. Please don't ruin space. Uh, I, I would boycott protest. You want to put uh, satellites that we see occasionally through the sky for a couple minutes. I'm cool with that. You want to ruin my view of space with satellites making a billboard? Yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have problems. KTAR.com, good news, shared in our producers club, independent voter registration surge in Arizona. as parties fall. At least there is that crumbling of Babylon in the duopoly. Guardian, the Student proves Twitter algorithm bias toward lighter, slimmer, younger faces. Isn't that how people act? Company paid, pays $3,500 to Bogdan Kulinich, who demonstrated flaw in image cropping software. Twitter's image cropping software prefers younger, slimmer faces with lighter skin. An investigation into algorithmic bias that the company's found. How that works, we'll have to save for another episode or the show notes, d.me slash Adam versus the man. Fox 5 New York, Dixie Fire Destroys Fire Station where volunteer crews battle blaze. This is in California. A fire station was bound, burned down by the Dixie Fire while the volunteer firefighters were trying to save homes in the Greenville area in California, Sierra, Nevada. Dailymail.com, Oregon Governor Kate Brown scraps need for high school students to prove proficiency in math, reading, and writing to get diploma. In bid to bolster minority students who don't test well. Yes, conservatives are all over this one. AP, Taliban complete Northeast Afghan blitz is more cities fall. It is said in some places that now over half the country is controlled by the Taliban. China, with this headline from Reuters.com, human rights claims undermine China's investment abroad report finds. No kidding. And finally, we end with some good news maybe, from Fox 5 New York, PepsiCo, and Boston Beer Company to create. Alcoholic, I don't do. With that, cheers with my COVID vitamins. Jim, give us the producer notes.
2: How dare you call that last one good news. That was that just sounds disgusting, but I'll go quick. Here we go. Uh, t.me four slash Adam versus man. We got through all the notes, but if you have anything you want to read more about, there it is patreoncom man Instagram handle is at the Garden of Freedom. HomefrontBattleBuddies.com is an excellent website. Crypto6.com needs visited, and GoGreenEnergyOnline.com do-it-yourself solar panels and shit. Have a good day, everybody.
0: They're going to be calling it hard Mountain Dew. It's going to save you so many work, so many steps in, in mixing your own drinks with Red Bull and vodka. Um, happy birthday, fifty-four years old to the guy who censored me with his $100 million deal on Spotify, Joe Rogan, also to Chad, which declared its its independence on this day in 1960. Peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent to each other.